0: You're listening to The Bear Report Podcast with Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears for The Bear Report website. The podcast is powered by Overtime Media. Now, here's Zach and Aaron.
2: And welcome into another edition of The Bear Report Podcast. That music you're hearing is the new intro. We finally got a new intro. No more of the Bear Down fight song. Uh, I am one of your hosts and the publisher of Bear Report, Zach Pearson, joined as always by my co-host and Bears insider, Aaron Lemming, Aaron. It's been a couple of days since we talked, man. How you doing?
3: Oh, doing all right, man. It's, uh, it's the end of the end of football season. Football season is over. Well, I should say the NFL season is over with. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's kind of weird. I guess I don't know. I I, I was uh, I was watching the Super Bowl with a bunch of Rams fans. It's most. You know, I live in, in California. These people that have actually been Rams fans for quite a while, back when even when they were in L.A. the first time. So it was kind of one of those things, man. I didn't really have anybody, you know, that I was pulling for in the Super Bowl. didn't really care one way or another. I thought the game was pretty bad. I know a lot of people said, oh, yeah, well, you know, it, it was a defensive game. I thought it was a poor offensive game, personally. I, I didn't really see great defense. But... Either way, here we are, man. I mean, the the Super Bowl's over, the season's over. Uh, now we can get to all the uh, the off season shenanigans. I think what the 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 Pro Bowl, the Pro Bowl. Wow, the nah. uh, the combine.
2: <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> yeah, see the, the Pro Bowl again.
3: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the combine's coming up, dude, and you know yep. we, we we got some good stuff coming. So yeah, it's it's uh, we just kind of got to get a little creative, you know, as far as as far as fans go. Just kind of occupying the time till everything starts.
2: Yeah, I think that's going to be kind of our biggest challenge with this podcast. You know, you and I doing it. Together for the first time in our off season, and there's not a lot, you know, too much to talk about after the Super Bowl, and thank God they aren't playing that Pro Bowl twice again. The, the, <laughs> oh, that would be bad. Oh, uh, the two hand touch bowl, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um yeah, that Super Bowl, man, that was kind of boring. That was like, I, I, I don't know, I was at a party and all of us were kind of like sitting around. I think we we're all expecting like that uh that offensive output, and it just it just never happened.
3: Yeah, it's funny because I kept telling. I kept telling my buddies, I'm like, dude, you know, one at some point in time, they're you know, the offenses are going to get it figured out and they'll start scoring points. And I mean, it was three to three, almost at the end of the third quarter. I mean, it was just, yeah. And like I said, I don't think I know a lot of people are like, oh, you just don't like good defensive football. It's like I'm a Bears fan. I know what defensive football is. That was right? not defensive football. That was just poorly played offensive football. Hundred uh, percent. Tom Brady didn't look good. Jared Goff didn't look good. I mean, whatever. So I guess the only good news is at least uh, you know we got the the Alliance Football League, American Alliance Football League, AAL or something. I don't I don't know what the yeah. hell they're calling it, but either way, I mean that's that's coming up. That starts this this next week, so uh, it'll be be interesting to see. I know there's a few former Bears playing. Christian Schadefeld put something out on Twitter last night. I think it was like Will Sutton, uh, Devontae Bosby, and there was one other guy that are I can't, I can't remember who it is, but. Uh, you know, I guess we'll see. I mean, you can kind of, if you're really that bored, you can start doing scouting on some of those guys in it because I'm sure you're going to start seeing some of the good players from that league join uh, teams at training camp.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how how much of a feeder that's actually going to be because you did mention there's there are those former players. And uh, I actually, for some reason, I get emailed like a list of, of whenever they make like rosters. I don't know how I get on this email list for this league. I've never signed up for anything for it. But I get these like emails that are like, oh, this player signed. Here's the roster going into this and this and this. I'm like, oh, whatever. But I'm, I'm interested to see if that's going to be a feeder, how much of a feeder that's going to be um, you know, for the NFL. But, you know, for this show, there was some Bears news. Um, but we do have a great show for you lined up. We're going to talk a little bit about Bobby Massey's uh, contract extension. Now that the money's actually come out, because last time we talked, we really didn't have – much of an idea. There was the Ian Rappaport tweet, but we didn't have much of an idea of Bobby Massey's money, and now there's a little bit of an idea of that. And then we also have a uh, special guest that's going to join us later on the show. I think fans are going to love it. Um, after we recorded it, both Aaron and I both said that was one of our top interviews that we've done so far. No disrespect to anyone else we've had on the show. We've had really good interviews, but that one was pretty damn good. And, um... You're going to get some insight from actually a former Bears player. We asked him about all this stuff. So, um, yeah, we'll be talking about that in a little bit. And then, uh, Bobby Massey, before we get into things, though, let's hit our first break of the show.
0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
1: The Old West is an iconic period of American history.
2: I'm Chris Wimmer. Join me on the Legends of the Old West podcast to hear the true stories
1: of lawmen like Wyatt Earp, Bass Reeves, and the Texas Rangers. Outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance, and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.
2: And welcome back into the Bear Report Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Zach Pearson. I'm joined, as always, here by Aaron Lemming. And, you know, just before the break, we actually teased what we're going to reveal on the show But Aaron, Bobby Massey, last time we talked, man, um, he had the extension signed. We didn't really know the money part of it. And then Brad Biggs, the Chicago Tribune, put out earlier in the week, um, yesterday was, yeah, Monday, about the details. Biggs does a good job of kind of breaking it down, and that was a much more team-friendly deal than what I expected.
3: Yeah, uh, me too. I, I my original reaction was okay, good. They re-signed Bobby Massey, and then Ian report put out that it was going to be four years, and I think he said it was going to be like uh, it was over eight million dollars a year, and, it, and it's kind of like one of those things. Like, wait a second here, this is just I don't know. It 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 kind of it kind of surprised me a little bit. Uh, you know, and then and then you start seeing the details on it, and it's just it's it's like you said, it's a team friendly deal. basically, what it is is it's it's when you look at it on paper, I guess you could consider it a five year deal uh what it'll be four or five years right around forty million, but there's only like fifteen million dollars guaranteed. so essentially what's going on is he took a very team friendly cap hit in year one, which is gonna be I think it's three point six or three point eight million. I will have the the contract details in front of me. And all of his guaranteed money will essentially be paid out by year two. And then, you know, obviously they'd have some dead money into year three year four. But there's a lot of team options within those within those years. So, I mean, Bobby Massey's kind of getting up there in age. And, you know, it's one of those things if he falls off, kind of like Ryan Schrader did for the uh, the the Falcons. I mean, he was really good and they re-signed him and. And all of a sudden, you know, he, he was looking good and then he just fell off the cliff this year. And the, and the, the Falcons, much like the Bears, are going to be in a position where they can they can cut a guy like that and they could still save money. So, I mean, overall, it just kind of goes back to and and it, sometimes I have to remind myself, it's like, you know, Ryan Pace knows what the hell he's doing.
2: Yeah, that was, you know, another one of those things uh, where you look at the contract and you're like, OK, Ryan Pace kind of did it again. You know, he, he made it essentially that two year deal. Um, very team friendly. It's the five years added on, but when you break it all down, it is you know, most of the money's up front. I like it because, you know, we talked before, Massey's probably the best option in free agency for the Bears. And and to keep him in-house rather than going out and maybe risking a draft pick or looking at another veteran, I think it was a smart move by Pace. Um, yeah, it just has that feel, you know. Hey, Ryan Pace kinda did it again.
3: Yeah, and and, that, and that's kind of the thing, and I think this kind of brings up a bigger point here, though, is, you know, we're we're sitting here, and you know, we we've talked a little bit about the upcoming offseason and what they're going to do in terms of who they're going to re sign, all that stuff, but the the thing with this deal is, is it 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 really, I mean, it's it's there's really no other way around it. I mean, it it put them in a position where they locked down one of their their top pending free agents. For essentially, you know, nothing. I mean, it's they're still going to have right around after the the Glennon cap credit, which hasn't been added on either uh, spot spot rack or however you say that or over the cap. Uh, and that's going to be two and a half million dollars that they'll get in offsets uh, from last year and it's credited on to this year. So, I mean, they're still going to be dealing with as long as the cap is 189, 190 million. I mean, they're still going to be dealing with probably, you know, ten to eleven million dollars. And that's before they make any cuts. I mean, obviously Deion Sims is gone. Uh, you know, they they can make some other moves, but the bigger picture here is, at least in my mind, and yes, it's one move, so maybe it's it's kind of a big conclusion to draw from it. But I think that we're kind of seeing right now that the Bears are going to put themselves in a position with the, the with the guy that they sign with some of these contracts to where they can go out and they can make a, they can make a move or two. I mean, we've talked about it. I don't think realistically, I don't think they they really have. Uh, that much to do I mean if they and that's kind of the other situation too the other coin of this is just I don't know if they're going to be able to re-sign both Amos and Callahan Uh, but if they can re-sign one of those guys they really have one hole that they would need to fill or replace and then basically kicker and then uh, punter and you know outside linebacker depth and stuff like that but I mean the Bears are in a position right now and running back you know but the Bears are in a position right now and it's it's becoming evident to me that like we've been saying I think they're going to be aggressive this offseason
2: yeah i do I think so too um I think you know locking down Massey does fill one of those needs um i got I finally got the numbers in front of me actually I was kind of pulling them up here um and when you look at the five years forty million fifteen point eight guaranteed two thousand nineteen a two point four million base salary he's got the six point five million signing bonus twenty twenty six point nine million base salary um a couple, you know he's got the workout bonuses in there too it says five years I think Massey gets maximum, he probably makes it three, four years maximum. Realistically, he makes it three years through this deal. So the fifth year really is kind of thrown out. Um, I think the Bears by then will have moved on from Massey, and he, he kind of gets those two to three years, which is a great move by Pace because it also allows them, like you said, to make some of those big moves this year, whether it is keeping Callahan or Amos um, or maybe a surprise move down the line. I think the way Pace is constructed, Massey is a good sign for – what the what he plans on doing with this Bears offseason this year because, you know, we've said it before, there's going to be a time where he's going to have to pay that draft class with Trubisky, Eddie Jackson, and um, Tariq Cohen. So I think Pace is, is smart. He's looking at the future while kind of constructing these deals and not putting himself in a bind where, you know, maybe GMs of the past have done so.
3: Well, I think what we're going to start seeing, I mean, kind of like you just brought up with the with the Trubisky class. I mean, even look at this this upcoming class. I mean, they they obviously they're going to exercise a fifth year option on Leonard Floyd, but they also have Cody Whitehair. I mean, they the thing is, and this is something else that you know people are going to have to get used to, including us, is the fact that they're not going to be able to re-sign everybody. But there's been a lot of talk. I think Adam Johns has been mainly the one pushing it, basically saying the plan is is for them to get something done with Cody Whitehair to extend him out, which I think is a, is a smart move. Uh, and then obviously you're going to have, you know, Leonard Floyd on his fifth year option. So you have control for two more years there. And then after that, I mean, it's coming down to Tariq Cohen, Eddie Jackson, uh, and then obviously Trubisky. I mean, those, I I don't know, you know, in terms of what, uh, Tariq Cohen's going to get out. I would imagine, you know, guess right now would probably be eight to 10 million. Uh, but obviously, Eddie Jackson, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, I mean, he's going to be paid as, as a top-flight safety. And Trubisky's a quarterback, so, I mean, even if he's average, he's going to be probably getting $30 million or more uh, per year by that point. So it's kind of one of those things. The Bears have kind of got to be careful with what they're doing to a certain extent. But it's also one of those, I think as Bears fans, especially under Ryan Pace, we've been kind of conditioned to look at the cap. And this is something I've been doing a little bit more work on over the last few weeks. You know, It's kind of looking at the cap and saying, well, you know the bears have some guys they could cut if they wanted to you know they could they could turn around they could cut Kyle Long and they could they could cut a few other guys you know create some space and maybe that doesn't make the most sense but the one thing that we're not really remembering is you can look at a cap number right i mean the the chiefs and the and the saints have done this for years where you can look at a cap number and they're in the negative and then all of a sudden right before free agency starts all of a sudden they have 15 20 million to spend and uh, it was like the, the chiefs a few years ago when they when they went out and they extended uh, uh, Eric Berry. I mean, it's just there's always something that these teams can do. I remember when the Bears claimed Josh Hill and, and New Orleans didn't really have any money, but they somehow made it fit. It, the good GMs, and I think Ryan Pace is a good GM. I, good GMs can manipulate the cap to where they can kind of fit things and they can push things back, you know, and it's going to reach a point and hopefully no time soon, but it's going to reach a point where the bears are going to be in a situation where they're going to have a a lot of dudes that are old, that are still probably, you know, making some good money, but they're also going to be, you know, kind of out of their competition window. And that's where you, that's kind of where you start pushing that stuff back to. So maybe you have that one or two years of the rebuild where you're kind of, you know, offloading some of this money and whatever, but we're not even close to that. But I, I, I guess my point out of this is that, we need to kind of recondition our minds at this point and say, okay, on paper, maybe they only have $10 or $11 million. But when you start looking at the moves that they can make, you know, asking players to take pay cuts, reworking deals, doing stuff like that, converting uh, Khalil Mack's uh, base salary into a signing bonus, I mean, they could easily clear 15 to $20 million in the blink of an eye on top of the 10 that they already have. Plus, they don't have a first or second round draft pick. So I think that this is going to kind of be a – this will be a learning experience, I think, this year for for a lot of fans to kind of know, like, all right, the Bears have been building and building and building to get to the point that they're at. They arrived a year early. I think we can almost all agree on that. You know, this last year, I don't think many people were expecting playoffs, at least before Khalil Mack. But now the Bears are in a position. They're in their competition window. For most teams, windows don't last very long. Anywhere from two to five years is normal, unless you're the Patriots and you somehow win six Super Bowls in, in a crazy amount of time. But I, I think that we're going to see a different approach from mind pace and it may be taking a little bit more risk. It may, you know, we, we may look back, um, you know, in, in the first few weeks of, of March after free agency's kind of the big flurry's kind of over with. And we may look back and be like, how do they make some of these upgrades? Like the, these upgrades didn't even look like they needed to be upgraded on paper. And yet, you know, it's kind of like the Rams last year. The Rams didn't have a ton of money and somehow they made it work. They added a bunch of players and then they, and they made their roster quite a bit better and they made the Super Bowl. So, I don't know. I I think we're in for an exciting off season, but I think it's going to be different.
2: Yeah, you know, it's kind of the norm now where you can't get you know too attached and expect all your good veteran players to be there or your good young players to be there while they're all veterans. It's just it's just not the reality of the NFL real you know anymore. Um, yeah, you got to be creative, and I think Ryan Pace, you know, in his time with the Saints, has learned okay you know we got to be this is how you be creative this is how you move money this is how you free up money to go and make that move like you said you used the example of Josh Hill with the Saints a couple years back so yeah I don't know I just think in this you know this age of the NFL with quarterback contracts and Mitchell Trubisky is going to get paid by the Bears I don't think he's not going to get a record setting deal he's not going to get anywhere to what Aaron Rodgers is getting or anything like that um but with the NFL now if you have a really good quarterback, you're kind of forced to, hey, I have to, you know, I have to pay him. Look what the Ravens and Joe Flacco. They were forced to pay him because of he produced, and now he's probably not even going to be on the roster next season. So I think in this, this age of the NFL, when you're looking at it, those big quarterback contracts really kind of stranglehold you in a way. Um, I don't know what kind of what your thoughts on that. I, I know Trubisky isn't going to get, I don't, He's not going to get a huge contract and making more than someone like Aaron Rodgers or um, anyone top of the market.
3: Well, and I think it's kind of one of those things when you when you take a when you take a quarterback in the first round. Obviously, you've you've always got the ability of the fifth year option. And I think in the situation of the Bears and Trubisky, at least looking at it right now, as you know, as he ends year two. There's obviously been some unevenness. I think he's, in terms of, you know, what he's doing, I think the arrow is definitely pointing up. Uh, but I think it kind gives you basically three years of flexibility. You still have two years on the rookie deal, plus you have the, the, the fifth-year option, which ultimately is still going to be probably about, 10 to $12 million less than market value for quarterbacks. And so I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, but, but you bring up a good point in the fact that right now, okay, yes, they are paying Cleo Mack $23.5 million a year. So they don't have quite a quarterback contract. I mean, it's kind of like a low-level quarterback contract. But but the, the the point being here is a lot of their talent is still in its rookie deal. So the Bears have that flexibility to where they can go off and they can do different things and ultimately they really don't have to worry about paying the quarterback for at least two more seasons if not three if they if they hang on that fifth year option and just you know kind of play it out it it, it all kind of depends i mean it and just with the way teams deal with those fifth year options
2: that that's your window too right there i mean you just pretty much said their window with those draft classes with Trubisky and Cohen and Jackson and now you look looking in the future Roquan Smith and James Daniels we're looking at like you said the 3 to 5 year window probably Five at max right now um, where the Bears will have that shot to win and you know I just couldn't help but think I know a lot of people tweet this out on Sunday night as the game was going on oh the Bears would win this game the Bears should be there okay yeah I think the Bears had a chance to be there too they weren't there how close do you actually think the Bears are to winning that Super Bowl I mean especially after you saw the Rams they put up three points Against the Patriots, three points, which was their season low, and the next season low was when they put up six points in Chicago.
3: You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because that's exactly what I was going to bring up next. And and, you know, I I, great minds think alike. Exactly, (laughs) you know. So it's like I tweeted something out. I think it was right after the Super Bowl. It basically said something along the lines of, "Okay, you know the the Bears." Or, you know, uh, watching everything, I'm not going to say that the Bears should have been in the Super Bowl, or won the Super Bowl, because ultimately they were in the wild card game and they didn't win it. That that that's just the reality of the situation. I don't care if Cody Parkey missed the kick; the fact is they didn't win the playoff game. So I'm not going to sit here and say they should have been in the Super Bowl this year. What I will say is I watched every playoff game, some of them begrudgingly, uh, just because it hurt like hell for the first few weeks. You know, after after the Bears lost, but. When I look at what they were able, you know, what what these other teams were doing and what the Bears were capable of doing and what they did in the regular season, I look at the talent gap between the best team in the league, let's just say the Patriots or even if you want to make that that argument for the Rams just cuz they, you know, they made the Super Bowl as well, and you look at that those rosters and you look at the Bears' rosters, I mean, I don't see a big difference Do you.
2: No, not really. Um I I I look at the one Comparison, you can look at Jared Goff and you can look at Mitchell Trubisky, both young quarterbacks. Goff obviously didn't play well. That's actually probably the worst I've seen him play. And I probably watched probably eight to ten games, but that was – that. Probably the worst I've seen him play. He missed that wide open wide receiver in the end zone, and it wasn't like New England's defense is. That's not a superstar defense. That's not a defense we're going to be talking about thirty years from now. Like, oh hey, remember that New England defense that won Tom Brady at six championship? No, they're not going to talk about that. He just he looked awful. I think when comparing you know the Bears and the class of the NFC with the Rams, you got to go Rams Saints. I think the Bears actually, as it stands now, if I were to bet, I would bet on the Bears. To be better than the Rams next season.
3: Well, and that kind of brings up the other point, because I think I think the Rams are still gonna be a pretty good team, although, and that's the other thing that I think I, we I think so need, too. Yeah. I, I think we kind of need to talk about this though, is the fact that okay, look at look at where the Bears are moving in the free agency. They've got two starters, they've got the kicker situation they get figured out, punter, I'm not overly worried about that, and then maybe an upgrade at running back, right? And you look at some of these other teams out there, and especially a team like the Rams, for example. I mean, they have they have free agents that are that are Probably going to leave and not come back. I mean, you got a and Sue. Uh, you got, I think, Akeem leave was in the final year of his deal. Um, you also have uh, Lamarcus Joyner. You, I mean, there's there's plenty of players on that team. Uh, Whitworth is thinking about retiring. Um, I think Roger Saffold is is set to be a free agent. Uh, I, I mean, there's just there's a lot of moving pieces within that team, and that's kind of the the thing. I mean, you 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 want to talk about these windows? You want to talk about how? you know, you're not paying a quarterback. And that's something that the Rams are about to do. And that's the same thing with the Saints. I look at the Saints and I'll openly admit I overrated them. I overrated them heading into the the postseason because you actually look at what their offense did, how well they actually played. They dominated the first, I'd say, what, 10, 11, 12 games. And then it kind of got to a point where Drew Brees was not the same quarterback. Uh, I I think he had was it like a I think he had like eight touchdowns and he was six or seven interceptions in the the final few games of the season. Like, he wasn't the same player. He didn't look like the same player in the playoffs. I mean, they really didn't look that good in the playoffs as a whole. It's like you kind of look at trends like that and you kind of wonder, you know, with the Saints. I mean, they popped up out of nowhere a few years ago. Their defense was not good this year. I mean, their defense is what got them to the playoffs in 2017. But you start looking at these top teams here and you say, okay, you know, who's trending what? And I think the Bears are trending up. I, I think the Rams are are going to be close to the same. I think you're, you're going to have to kind of see what happens with the talent they lose, how they replace that, uh, w- what else they do. But then you look at a team like the Saints, where it's obvious that the, the time's running out with Drew Brees. It's, you know, they don't have the sustainability, I think, on defense to be a consistently good team, especially in that division. And you kind of start looking at things. And it, it, at least to me, I mean, my expectations, and obviously we'll have to see how the, the the uh, offseason goes. But my expectation is the Bears to be at least one of the two best teams in the NFC. But frankly, I think there's a, a very good chance that they could easily be the best team in the NFC. Obviously, you know, Packers come out of nowhere. The Vikings come out of nowhere. There's plenty of teams that could come back and, you know, maybe the Eagles, whatever. But I think the Bears are moving in a very good direction. And I don't think a lot of teams are going to be able to match at this offseason for the simple fact that the Bears are going to have a lot of the same team they did this year than they are next year.
2: I think that's very realistic, too, because the goal should be for the Bears to get that first round by this year. Last year, you know, the playoffs kind of came out of nowhere. Maybe midseason you're kind of thinking, okay, Bears, they're going to go to the playoffs. They're in really good shape. Um, you know, season goes on. Maybe, maybe they beat the Rams. Okay, there's a shot at a first round bye. I think going into this season, the Bears' realistic expectations and goals, outside of obviously winning the Super Bowl, has to be, okay, let's get that first round bye. Let's put ourselves in a position where we're going to host a playoff game and, have one, and we win that game, we're going to the NFC Championship game. And if you want to up it a little more, okay, let's get the number one seed. Let's have the playoffs run through us. Because going into these play, going into these playoffs, I didn't think there was any chance any team was going to beat the Saints at the Dome just because of that home field advantage. And when you touched on they the Saints were just not the same team down the stretch. They did have essentially two weeks off because they did rest their starters week 17. So they had two weeks off before they played. They obviously beat, um, oh, man, Oh, they beat Philadelphia, so I drew a blank there. Uh, they beat Philadelphia. <laughs> but they barely
3: beat them. They barely yeah. beat Philadelphia.
2: They really they, they, – if it wasn't for that fake punt they had in the first half, they'd probably lose that game.
3: Well, and if, if it wasn't for the fact that uh, Alshon Jeffrey dropped the ball on what the seven-yard line and ended up being an interception, they probably would have lost it too.
2: That's very true. That is very true. They looked flat-out rusty coming out of that um, by the the two-week bye, essentially. So – yeah, I still think you know the Saints. As long as Drew Brees is playing, because that man, that division is just every year. I have such high expectations for the um, NFC South. I'm like, okay, Panthers probably put it together with Cam. Falcons' offense is finally going to wake up. And what happens? They the Saints just run away with it because the other three teams are. It's just it's they're so bad. It's like a it's just a, a really bad division for some god awful reason. But yeah, I, I would say realistic expectations. The Bears do make. You know, like get that first round by, um, have the playoffs run through them, and then, and then make a run at the Super Bowl.
3: Well, and and I guess this is kind of leading a little in the next season. Maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. But the other thing I was kind of curious to get your thoughts on, because and maybe this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but there was that report, what was it? I think it was Sunday. I think it was the day of the Super Bowl that basically came out and said that, and it was by a New Orleans reporter that said that the Bears – are rumored to basically host the season opener against the Packers for their 100th anniversary on Thursday, you know, Thursday Night Football. Now, a lot of people are – I saw a lot of people getting all amped up. One, I don't like Thursday games. I think Thursday games suck. I don't care if they're on Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. I don't care if they're on Thanksgiving. I don't care what it is. It's either it's too early in the week for me. I'm just – I'm a creature of habit. I like this. You know, I like having games on Sunday. If every game could be at a noon start, that would be – phenomenal for me so I, I i don't know i mean maybe and that's the other thing like okay i get it the packers are the bears biggest rivals you know so on and so forth but at least to me it's like you know i was really amped up for for last year when they opened with the packers i don't really want to see them open with the packers again i understand the whole marketing aspect behind it. it's a 100 season for the bears 100 seasons for the nfl so on and so forth but Am I the only one that's just not over, like over the moon at you know excited at the fact that they may be opening up the NFL season?
2: Well, because we've seen it nine straight years now where the Bears and Packers have played in prime time, and all those games have been in, in Green Bay for some odd reason. I don't know why the NFL has done that to the Bears. Um, see, I don't know. I saw that report too. I saw that tweet out too. So the NFL is pretty much, if that happens, is gonna change. The The Super Bowl winner will not play on a Thursday night this year, which I don't know. I, I kind of like that tradition. I don't like the Thursday night games, but I'm kind of for, you know, hey, let the Super Bowl team open it up, let them have their ceremony and whatever they do um, before then, before the game. Yeah, I it just, I don't know. I'm kind of in a, a weird place with it because I do like the Bears Packers rivalry. I think the Bears are finally on the right side of it or actually trending towards the right side of it. I just, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to have that loss. Like, like, you know what I mean? As, is as, as much as I think the Bears are better than the Packers, I, there's still a feeling, oh, Green Bay's still going to beat us. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is still going to pull one out of his ass like he did week one and beat us. I don't know, man. I, I, it's just, it's tough for me because it is the hundredth year of the NFL. We hundred years of the Bears franchise I think we're kind of destined to have bears Packers open up at soldier field.
3: Well, and I think that's, it's kind of, I think that's where it's going. Cause they, I was reading, I think it was Adam, Adam Hogue put out his 10 thoughts. Uh, I think it was either today or yesterday. And he basically said that the talk was, especially since the Patriots won the super bowl and I kind of agree with this. It's like, nobody really wants to see another Patriots game in prime time to open up the season. I, 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 I agree with that for sure. And I think that may help kind of aid the decision in the fact that, yeah, the Bears are, you know, probably going to open up. I just I don't know, man. It's kind of one of those things like, obviously, I, I'm not overly worried about the, the losing aspect by any means. I'm just kind of more of I like especially when you're talking week one, like I didn't even like the fact that they opened up on Sunday Night Football this last year because I wake up at, you know, six, seven o'clock in the morning and then I'm just a nervous wreck for the the, the entire day. And, and it's one of those things like I like waking up and, you know, being all amped up and watching the Bears play first thing in the morning. I mean, that's just kind of my thing. Like, I, I like them being the, the, you know, in that first time slot on Sunday and then being able to watch the, you know, the 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 three o'clock games, you know, for in, in Chicago time. And then, you know, obviously Sunday night football and then Monday night football the next day. I don't I don't know that I'd particularly be overly excited uh that they were playing on Thursday. The only nice thing would be out of that would be that you wouldn't have that Thursday game in the middle of the year because every single team, at least to my understanding, every single team plays on Thursday. So the only good news is if you open up the season on Thursday, then regardless, good or bad, you know, you're not really shorting yourself because you, the last preseason games, the Thursday before that, you got all that prep time. So you play the game, then you have kind of a little mini bye, and then you go into, it. but it's not really inconveniencing you where you're going to have that short week in the middle of the season. Because I mean that that almost screwed the Bears against the Lions. I mean, and especially with yep, with the whole Trubisky thing. So I, I don't know. I, I guess it's one of those things. I'm sure I'll grow to like it regardless. But I'm already a little irritated uh, just for the simple fact that. They're going to be playing in London, and what that means for people here on the West Coast when they play in London is the fact that you got to wake up at six thirty in the morning to watch a game, and I'm not really Ugh. not really looking to the, looking forward to that.
2: Yeah, I like those noon games, but unfortunately, with the Bears being good now, they're going to get at least four primetime games next season, I think. So.
3: Oh yeah, well the Bears are a money maker. That's yeah. that's what we've been saying. Especially when you they're know. good. Exactly. That's if the Bears are good, it's good for the NFL. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just what it comes down to. Yeah.
2: Well, looking so. Kind of go back to that Thursday point before we should get into our guest. Looking at the Patriots opponents, they do have a home game against the Chiefs scheduled for 2019. So, I I mean, if NFL's looking for ratings, I don't know how much better a Bears-Packers week one would do than a a, a Chiefs-Patriots-AFC championship game rematch.
3: Yeah, well, I think at least when I was reading it, it was basically something along the lines of if the Bears got the Thursday night slot to open up the season, then the Patriots would open up their season at home Sunday night. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, either way, it's gonna it's gonna be the same exact broadcast. I mean, it's it's there's, yeah, no, it, no, would it be? Yeah, no, it would be. It would be the it would be the same exact yeah. broadcast because you'd have Callis and right? Michaels. Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, what? either way, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's really any loss-to-gain ratio for them at this point. You know? what,
2: about a, I mean, what about a Monday night for bears Packers? Well, no, because that'd be at 6. Well, yeah, it'd be the 6 o'clock because they always have the West Coast game.
3: Yeah, see, and that's another thing. I don't know if I could last all day on Sunday watching <laughs> all these other teams play and then having to wait for the Bears. That's all I'm saying. Just put them on at 12 o'clock on, a, on Sunday and just let it happen.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. That's gonna be something to follow. Because we don't. We'll get the schedule April. So, it's I'm like a week
3: before the draft usually.
2: But I'm wondering if they'll announce like their kickoff plans because they're definitely gonna have a kickoff thing for the 100th anniversary.
3: Yeah, I, they usually do. I thought. I thought they usually. That's usually like one of the first things announced. I want to say it's like right before free agency.
2: Yeah, I'm so we'll know within the coming weeks. Yeah, if I going to say right now, kind of go back to your first I'm um, don't give me that Thursday night game. Give me give me Patriots Chiefs. I'm fine with that game instead of Bears Packers on Thursday. I want to see Bears Packers. Let's give them week 3, 4, then maybe week what, 12, 13. kind of cuz I cause I kind of like actually this year the you know the the first game I was excited. as Bears, Packers. Bears probably should have won that game. But at the end of the year, that game actually meant something for the Bears for the first time in how many years that they played the Packers towards the end of the year. Like, it actually meant something. It actually felt a lot, you know, meaningful.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I just, that's kind of the thing. I, I'd rather not see the Bears open, open with the, the Packers and then close with the Vikings for, you know, second year in a row oh my and then God. close with the Vikings.
2: And, hey, dude, so, that, you know what's going to happen. It's either going to close with the Vikings or the Lions again. Yeah, so I guess we'll see. Yeah, well, speaking of former Bears seasons and former Bears players, actually, I think we should get into our guests now. Um, Aaron and I had the opportunity to interview Earl Bennett, former Bears wide receiver. He joined us on the podcast to kind of talk about his playing career, um, what he's doing now, including his new podcast, which mixes sports and music, and it's a very interesting and and unique idea, and I love it when he was talking about um, having the athletes and – musicians on his podcast and kind of how they mix um Aaron asked him about it and it was a really good answer he had so we're going to talk to Earl um give him your thoughts and maybe even a little uh Robbie Gold question so uh, let's get into that into that interview now this is a former Chicago Bears wide receiver Earl Bennett and now joining us here on the Bear Report podcast is former Chicago Bears wide receiver Earl Bennett Earl thanks for joining us man
4: man thank y'all for having me how y'all doing tonight
2: Doing good. We're doing good. Uh, how are you doing?
4: Man, I'm doing well. You know, just got back from Super Bowl, which was interesting because it was my first time attending and, you know, just trying to get back in the swing of things, but all is
3: well. Good. Oh, that's awesome, man. So I, I got to know right off the bat. So Zach was telling me before we got this thing going, you got a podcast. I'm still trying to get into, you know, the, the podcasting thing. But what I thought was interesting Is that you are kind of combining sports and music, which is something, I mean, I came from a musical background, uh, probably a little bit different tastes in music than a lot of people. But I've always been kind of curious, you know, how is it mixing the, the music aspect with the sports aspect?
4: It's been cool, to be honest. A lot of guys really enjoy the content. And a lot of guys really enjoy music, right? So for instance, I have Jordan Howard on this week's shows. Everybody has a song that they listen to that they get riled up to before the game. And so I asked Jordan, I said, hey, Jordan, what's that one song that you have to listen to before you go out on the field? He's like, oh, that's easy. Future Savages, right? And so every guy has that one song that they want to listen to before they go out on the field. So I thought it was interesting to see how Some rappers want to be athletes and some athletes want to be rappers, whether they are trying to transition into rapping, whether they just, you know, love the flamboyancy of being a rapper and the persona that they carry. And I figured why not start a podcast to look at the symmetry between the two? Because if you hear Drake speak, he'll tell you, yeah, hip hop and sports are synonymous. But why is it synonymous? I think is important to look at in depth. And so speaking with these guys, just talking about the culture, Talking about relatability, exposure, things of that nature, to really bring light to the, you know, the symmetry. Yeah, so, I
3: think that's awesome. It's just, just one thing on this, really quick, because the funny thing is, is you know, I like I said, I I love music, I love sports. Wasn't really good at either one. Uh, kind of got <laughs> by it with the band stuff, you know. But I, I got to know, man. So you know, I, I get a lot of people who are kind of in a different music. But at least for me, I've always been, you know, especially if I'm going to go out and work out or if I'm going to do whatever. I've always been into the heavier stuff, man. As far as like in the locker room and on all these teams, I never really hear the heavy music. Is that just not a thing in the NFL or what?
4: Yeah, I think if a guy listens to heavy music, it's basically to himself. I've never really heard a guy listen to heavy like music in the locker room. That's that's interesting. Uh, maybe I should look at that and ask a few guys who <laughs> they listen to any type of heavy music. Because honestly, I mostly hear you know hip hop, hear gospel, R and B country, you know, all of those things, but not heavy music. So I'll be sure to ask the next guy that I have on the show.
2: So you spent six years in the league with the Bears. Um, before we get into that, kind of your career, what's that one song that made you pumped up or maybe you listened to before games?
4: Yeah, so being from Birmingham, Alabama, uh, this guy was actually a a an under, underground rapper, what we called him. His name is Gucci Mane, but this was before he went mainstream, all right? Like he was a local guy, you know, basically like in between like that Atlanta, Birmingham area, a lot of people knew him. And he had a song called Photo Shoot at the time. And so I would repeat this song like at least seven times before I ran out on the field. And so everybody knew, even because Johnny Knox, his locker was next to mine. He'd be like, oh man, here we go. We got to hear Gucci Mane seven times before we go out. He'll go Earl, you know. And so that was my song to get riled up to, you know, because when you think of, you know, playing football, you always got the camera on you. So my idea was that, hey, it's about to be a photo shoot. Take your camera out.
2: Yeah, that's that's got to be a good one. You know, kind of get you and your teammates kind of pumped up and, and, yeah. and ready before big games. You played a couple big games with the Bears throughout your career. Was there that one maybe special one that kind of stood out or any of the games that maybe you look back on, you're like, man, I wish I could go right back out there and kind of replay that game again?
4: Yeah, I think that NFC championship game that we lost to the Packers, that's the one that stick with me the most just because, you know, for one, we lost to the Packers. For two, we lost to the Packers at Soldier Field. So that one hurt a lot just to – you know be able to get back at that position and start the game over from like play one like I would do anything just to get back there to have our quarterback healthy to be able to you know run our regular offense and not have to cater to the backups so that's the one game that comes to mind to me like I just want that game back like it it's unfair you know like we lost our starting quarterback we didn't have a fair chance but Hey, injuries are a part of the game, but if one game I could choose, that would definitely be the one.
3: See, and I find it kind of interesting that you you reference that game, you reference that season, because one of the things I've always kind of want to know and I like to get players' perspective, especially former players. You know, I'm obviously you watched the Bears this last year. Uh, you know, things are finally turning around there. So I'm kinda of curious to get your perspective because at least from my view, maybe this is a little bit of a homer take, and you know, granted, this was a little bit ago, but I felt like the the 2010 team and even the 2011 team, I, I felt like, I mean, it was just it was the, that one injury, maybe those two injuries away from being, you know, that that Super Bowl team. So I'm kind of curious, from your perspective, how do you view the team that you were on there in 2010, 2011, and what the Bears are building right now?
4: 2010, we was putting the pieces together. We had a, a, a young offense, uh, guys who were just starting to click and understand each other better. The chemistry was starting to flow a lot, you know, a lot smoother, and guys just started to buy into the system because it was Mike Mark's first season there, and so we were getting acclimated to the plays. We were getting ready to, you know, really show the world what type of team we were. And so you go to Coach Matt Nagy, his first season, you know, guys are buying into what he's doing. He's having fun with play calls. It's just one of those things that the team and the players sort of gravitate towards the coach, and they want to play a lot harder for him. Similar in 2010, you know, we had Mike Marks. We started gravitating towards him as an offense, and we started to grow, and we started to, you know, have a ton of success. And so when I look at the comparison between those teams, I think that's it. Like, you got a fresh new coach in there, new eyes somebody that really enjoys the game, a student of the game, and somebody that really wants the best for each player individually. So they're going to put you in the best position to succeed at every play. And that's the, the similarities that I see between, you know, the 2010 team and this team this year. And so going into 2011, for us, it was just about, you know, trying to stay on that path to continue to get better week in and week out. But what happened earlier in camp with the trading of Greg Olson kind of threw everybody off, just to be honest. Once they traded Greg, it was like, yo, like, what's going on? Like, you're messing with the continuity of the team. And a lot of guys didn't really like that. A lot of guys, you know, started to push back on Marks a little bit. And, you know, that was his last season in Chicago. So he only did two seasons there. But. The one seat, his first season, he was there. We went to the, you know, NOC championship game. And we lost. So for the team now, I look forward to them to continue to build off this season. You know, Coach Negi, the young court that he has on offense, the young court he has on defense. And I think that's another big difference, too, is that the team now, they have a lot of younger guys defensively. Whereas like the twenty eleven team that I was on, like guys were aging, Chris Harris, Brian Erlacher, Lance Briggs, like those guys were getting older, right? But they seem now like that, that the the window's still open for those guys to, you know, continue to succeed and do well and play at a high level. I know they like Vic Fangio, but I still think that they'll have a very dominant defense.
2: And you talked about, you know, Matt Nagy and his offense and kind of the players buying in how much fun would it have been for you to kind of play in an offense like Matt Nagy's?
4: Oh, man, I think about it all the time when I watch him play. <laughs> uh, just just from a play call standpoint, you know, uh, Santa Slay, like I've never heard anything like that a damn in my life. So uh, to be honest, I just want to see his playbook. I want to see his play calls. <laughs> but to be able to play slot in that system would have been a lot of fun uh some of the things that he do a lot of players uh, are very interchangeable like taylor gabriel doing some of the speed sweeps the ends around the quick screens uh the ability to you know work the middle of the field so me honestly i would have loved to play in a system like that and he's a very very player friendly coach
3: yeah it's i mean they're they're building something at least it looks like it i mean it looks like they're building something so this kind of leads into my next question because obviously we have the offseason coming up. Uh, free agency starts March 13th. The Bears really have, in terms of starters, I mean, they got two starters about to hit the market. And, you know, Adrian Amos, Bryce Callahan, you know, they have punter situation they got to figure out too. But I'm kind of curious from your your, your perspective uh, and kind of to go back a little bit here. I mean, you were obviously, you were, you, you were drafted. Uh, you signed. You didn't even get the free agency. I mean, you, you signed a four-year deal. It was in the last year, your rookie deal. Uh, and then obviously when you went to the Browns, you were free agent as well. So I'm kind of curious to get your perspective on the benefits of signing early versus what Callahan and Amos are doing right now in terms of they're probably going to test the market. I mean, what are the pros and cons? Is it just a, a personal preference?
4: Yeah. Um, man, that is a tough question. I think for the most part, it is personal preference but also if you feel like you're being lowballed by the team you know that's that's what your agent do they figure out your market value they tell you if chicago is lowballing you and they think you get more on the market you know possibly but when you look at those two guys uh for me when i signed my deal the one thing that i wanted to do was you know be uh, established with a team already that knew my strengths and my weaknesses and so by signing a long-term deal with chicago I knew and understood my position on the team, which was very important for me. And two, you risk injury trying to continue to play you know, throughout multiple games, as we saw what happened with Johnny Knox, which was very unfortunate. But he was probably going into free agency and was going to make a ton of money. And he felt like he was being lowballed by the Bears. So it's one of those things where it's a personal preference, but also you have to be cognizant that, You know, you never know when it's going to be your last play. But, you know, Bryce Callahan ended up getting hurt during the season, which would probably hurt his stock a little bit. Uh, Adrian Amos, you know, he played very well. So it'll be interesting to see uh, his market value and if he's able to resign with the Bears.
2: So you, you kind of played in an era of Bears football with, you know, dominant defense, a good offense. Um, obviously, Jay Cutler was a quarterback, and there seemed to be a lot of, you know, national attention around Cutler. You knew him in your time at Vanderbilt playing in the SEC. What was kind of like one thing that might maybe the national media or anything that was misunderstood kind of about Jay? Cause I, I imagine you got to know him quite well
4: yeah i mean to be honest it's just like any other teammate i think there's a lot of emphasis placed on uh, the relationship that jay and i have but he's honestly just like any other teammate uh, that i had on a team Uh, he's a he's one of those guys that's misunderstood in terms of when it comes to the media because he stays away from the limelight uh up until now obviously he's on you know television (laughs) and you can kind of see his uh charisma that he had but for the most part, he's uh he's just one of those guys that was just very competitive. You uh you knew what you were gonna get out of him week in and week out, and he always went out, you know, fought hard until the end. A lot of people didn't like his, you know, his some of his uh his nonchalantness, but when you have a guy like that that's real fire in the locker room, and you know him as a a player, as a teammate, then it makes you just want to continue to go to war with him. Uh, we didn't get to accomplish what we felt we could have with him at quarterback, but you know things happen.
2: Have you watched him on a uh, reality TV yet?
4: Nah, to be honest, I don't really watch television that much. Um, I'm just a guy that that's always been anti-television, <laughs> anti-reality TV shows. So yeah, I kind of leave that up to my wife to watch <laughs> that stuff.
3: See, I'm with you. I'm with you on the anti-reality uh, shows, man. I don't think those are really yeah. much reality shows. So. I guess my last question here is about another former player, and there's no way I could get away with not asking you this. Uh, Obviously, over the weekend, you posted a video with Robbie Gold. Now, I'm not going to ask you to reveal any inside information, anything like that. But, I mean, you saw the Bears kicking problems. I mean, obviously, they got a problem here. It sounds like Cody Parkey's probably not going to be back with the team next year. I mean, do you think, even with the cap situation that the Bears are in, do you think that bringing back Gold makes sense, assuming he hits a free agent market?
4: Yeah, I think if the 49ers does not franchise tag him, I think it makes sense to bring him back um, for multiple reasons. You look over the past three seasons, he's been clutch. You know, like, I mean, the guy's only missed, what, three field goals, I think, over the past three uh, seasons. And also, when you look at his ties to the city of Chicago, his family is still there. He still loves the city. Uh, what a lot of people don't really understand is like those videos that I did with him are very genuine. Like there's you no know, acting. There was that scripted. Like honestly, me, my wife and my two kids were walking in Centennial park in Atlanta. And I hear somebody say Earl Bennett. And I look back and I'm like, what? Like I, I literally cannot make this up. This is Robbie gold. Just scream Earl Bennett as I'm walking through Centennial park in Atlanta. And so, I was like, hey, man, we got to do a video. And he's like, all right, cool. Nothing scripted. Honestly, we just pulled, a, I pulled the phone out and was like, hey, man, I can't make this up, you know, and that's why, that's what I say like, I literally cannot make this up. And when you look at his familiarity with not only just the team, but soldier Field, right? Like <laughs> you can bring a lot of kickers in who have been very, very well accomplished over their career but they can't kick at Soldier Field, right? And a lot of people don't understand, like, why they can't kick, why they miss in field, goal to Soldier Field. Soldier Field is different. The wind plays a huge factor. The grass, like, there's a lot of um, external things that come into being a kicker and kicking in Chicago. And Robbie played there, you know, what, 11, 13 years. And he's one of those guys that – 12 years. And he's one of those guys that really understand, you know, the external issues when kicking in Chicago and that's why he was so successful. That's why he's the, you know, point leader in Chicago bears history. And I just think it makes too much sense to bring him back. So hopefully they're able to figure out, you know, like the, the details in terms of contract wise, but he definitely wants to be back in Chicago, man. He loves the city. His family's there. I mean, what more could you really, you know, like do.
2: I agree. I, th- I would love for Gold to come back if if the right situation comes about with the Forty ers Earl, thank you, man. Uh, before you leave, where can uh, you know our audience find your podcast? Um, any anywhere they can follow you on Twitter or anything?
4: Yes. Yeah, so it's Pro Style P R O S T Y L E podcast. One word. You can find it on Twitter. You can find it on Apple iTunes. You can find us on YouTube now google play spotify we're everywhere if you want to follow me i'm earl b bennett one one word on twitter on instagram you can find me on facebook friend me i accept all friend requests man I, i really appreciate you guys having me on tonight man this was this was a a joy to to be on with you guys so if you ever need me again man just please reach
2: out oh no doubt man we really appreciate it that was some good stuff And once again, that was uh, our interview with former Chicago Bears wide receiver Earl Bennett. Some really good stuff um, from him. And and the whole Robbie Gold question kind of (laughs) topped it all off. And I know Earl wants to see him in Chicago. I know a lot of people want to see him in Chicago. So we'll see if Ryan Pace can make that happen.
3: Well, he did say he wanted to be there. So, I mean, yeah, it's... I think a lot of it, it's kind of like Earl said, you know, it really comes down to what are the 49ers going to do? The 49ers still hold the control in this situation. If they tag him, we have nothing to talk about. If they don't tag him, uh, you know, and don't resign him because they have negotiating rights up until, you know, the point basically up until March 11th when he would we would hit that three day window where that, you know, it's supposed to be. You can negotiate, but you can't sign anything quote unquote, but yet we have players that are usually signing by the twelfth. I mean that's just usually the way it goes. second day into that the negotiation period, the legal tampering period or whatever it is so I, I mean we'll know I mean this time next month i mean we'll we'll pretty much know exactly what's going on. I think the I think franchise tagging the window for that starts I think it's like the twenty twenty like sixth I think
2: yeah twenty fifth it's right before the combine.
3: Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's kind of when everything's gonna start. You got the tag stuff, which it takes usually a few days for these guys, I and mean, we're gonna see a ton of players get tagged this yep. year because there's a lot of free agent, uh, free agent pass rushers out there that teams aren't gonna want to let go of. So it's it's gonna be interesting. And I think Landon Collins is gonna be another guy who gets tagged. So I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's it's it, unfortunately, I mean, I hate to say this, but we're we're still uh, about you know two two and a half weeks away from really anything going on in terms of, you know, the combine and all that other stuff. But at least in the meantime, I'm kind of curious. I, I I am gonna watch the the Alliance League this week, the Alliance football league this weekend and kind of see see what that's about. We had, you know, Andy uh Phillips on the podcast last week and he had a tryout so we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes um you know i i have a feeling sooner rather than later he's going to end up getting added to one of these teams and these are the kind of players that i root for you know it, it's kind of one of those things that might be a scouting thing because you just you never know maybe maybe one of these kickers is impressive and maybe the bears don't get robbie gold and here we are uh you know scouting some of these guys some of these kickers and maybe the Bears signs one of these guys because i think the season ends in april
2: yeah are the games televised
3: yeah, every single one of them is going to be televised. I think it's going to be NBC Sports and the NFL Network. So I have hmm. Andy send me the schedule. Uh, yeah,
2: you have to pass could, it on to me.
3: Yeah. So yeah. Either way, I mean, yeah, the, the the games are going to be televised. I mean, it's. I mean, not to be mean, but the games probably aren't going to be great football by any means. But it'll still be interesting because I th- I think that the the thought process behind this and why the NFL is backing this is because this should be a pipeline for guys that maybe wouldn't have got that second shot before are now going to be able to get that second shot and who knows I mean we may we may see some players that that you know hot shots there that came in and and can actually be contributors I hope I yeah, really do I hope these guys
2: That's something to keep an eye on too because like you said the you know, season will be wrapping up in April and then you'll have training camp invites and all that being sent out after the draft and with the rookie mini camp so yeah that's that's going to be kind of interesting to see if anyone actually does earn a training camp invite from their play from this new league um yeah that that i'm gonna start paying attention to it. i do get those emails i just i don't know i i, I just <laughs> haven't really researched much into it but yeah like you said aaron man the fun starts in a couple of weeks once those tags and everything start getting going and then we have the combine and then the free agency and then there's kind of you know end of march there's that little bit of the dead period with Not a lot of free agent stuff goes on or anything and kind of leading into the draft that everyone's releasing mock draft volume 210 that they've done since the Super Bowl. So, (laughs) I mean, we're going to do it. We're going to do some mock drafts, but it's not going to be we're not going to put out. You know 10 15
3: each <laughs> yeah well that sigh was more of just the fact that i am way behind off season schedule it's it for yeah. the first time in forever the bears were actually good so i wasn't sitting there watching draft prospects and forming free agent lists and in, in the beginning of october so
2: hey i'll trade uh, that though i i'll I will oh, trade yeah. the bears being good for that
3: oh yeah exactly i don't i don't put nearly as much of the time and emotion in the off season i normally would
2: thank you again to earl bennett for joining us you can uh, check out his podcast style Podcast. It's on iTunes, other podcasting platforms. He's also on Twitter. He mentioned it was at Earl B. Bennett. Um, he even invited everyone to, to, to friend him on Facebook. I'm his friend on Facebook. That's how we kind of reached out to him. So, yeah. Go ahead. Go friend him. Um, yeah. Thanks again, Aaron, for joining me. Um, where can everyone find you on Twitter? Find me at AaronLemmingNFL. And you can read Aaron's work on the Bear Report. He just dropped a cap projection outlook type article for the Bears going into this offseason and then uh, you can read my work on the Bearport. You can find me on Twitter at at Zach underscore Pearson. I recommend you read both of our work and check us out.
1: wherever you are across the globe access to a center is easy and affordable interested in experiencing the ee system technology for yourself go to unifiedhealing.com slash blue wire to learn more and find a center near you that's unified u-n-i-f-y-d healing.com slash blue wire no material or testimonials on the unified healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice diagnosis or treatment Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.